Actually, there's three of us today. What? We have three filthy nerds? Oh my God, we have a special filthy guest who's probably the least filthy person I've ever met in my whole life. I don't know about that. You know a lot of dirty people. I know. We got a sweet, sweet, sweet angel of a human. Super funny comedian. Oh, I felt, I was just about to call him a dirty Jew, but I didn't mean it like that. He's a... You meant like... (laughs) A filthy, dirty nerd Jew. Well, that's... Happy holidays, everyone. Hagsamach, Lashana Tova. Mama. By the way, you said it perfectly earlier. No, no, ready? Lashana Tova, Tikva Tenu. Lashana Tova. This is coming out a week after this. Oh. Tikva Tenu. That's fine. Lashana Tova, Tikva Tenu, everybody. And a miserable Yom Kippur to those listening to it on that day. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. If, if, if you're listening uh, to this on Yom Kippi, we hope you are well, they deeply, might be. deeply atoning for your true sins. Wait, you go, wait a second. Okay. First of all, we're going to have to go into who Danny is and give him a lot better introduction, you guys. But really quick, you guys are the real, the, you guys are Jews, and I'm Jewjacent to Jewjacent. You go from. Happy New Year, and then a week later, you're like, all right, now that you've had all that New Year's fun with your honey and your apples and your drugs and your hookers, by the way, or we, not, maybe we, not drugs and t- hookers, probably, but then, then you immediately go into atone for your sins. Uh-huh. It's like Mardi Gras, and then Ash Wednesday. This is your Ash Wednesday. A little yeah. bit. It's, it's not at all it, the same. No, it's well. You're not it's wrong. It's not, not. It's not not Ash Wednesday. It, it, it's not a. It's not a terrible comparison. Um. Yeah. It. I would say it's Ash Wednesday plus fasting. But then not the oh, long. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you need to be. It's you're pushing yourself. Uh, to be to purify and a ton like you're. That's a form of flagellation. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a whole. We'll have to do a thing on both of these holidays as a separate episode. But I'm sorry. Flag- flagellation, like flagellate. Just, just confirming that it was flagellation. And not flagellation. Not flagellation. Uh, because it's, it's you. It's just a whole day of farting. So every day is Yom Kippur for me. Uh, Yom Kippur is the bagel holiday, as I like to refer to it. It is? Wait, I thought you fasted. Oh, but then you break the fast. Cold bagels. No, you break the fast with cold bagels because you can't. You break the fast with cold bagels. Why cold? Because you can't have been cooking anything that day. So everything it's, you it's, eat for dinner what's on, the, what's the on you can't you can't use any technology. It's like Shabbat. Like you you're you're supposed to do nothing. You're supposed to sit in a room and think about what you did, and then at and then at the end of the day, uh, you I do not agree with this cold bagels thing. Yeah. What happens is you you buy bagels and you buy a bunch of like a very Jewish dinner of like locks and cream cheese and here's the thing you can buy the dinner either right after the sun sets you run out and get it or you buy it the day before when you are allowed to do things and then it just has to sit in the refrigerator yeah it just sits in the refrigerator but then you have a toaster so the the, the bagels are perfectly toasted if you're doing it correct i mean this is more foreign to me than all of the universes we're going to be talking about yeah yeah, uh, yeah. planets yeah this is 
Wow. I meant just like bagels. You're not eating anything that's, you're not eating, there's no brisket. (laughs) Well, without further ado, our guest today is one of the funniest comedians, maybe east or west of the Mississippi. This and that side of Israel, whatever that means. North and south of the Mason-Dixon. He's a a regional (laughs) worldwide funny man. He's already crying. Thanks. just remember, next year in Israel. How do we talk about that, that country and not get yelled at? Um, Ooh, we don't. But let's talk about the galaxy. <laughs> far, far away. Wait, wrong. Okay. It's Danny Jollis. You guys got a great YouTube special. Uh, he, he's from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And I've interrupted your yay. Danny Jollis. Hey. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, Thanks I'm so excited us. to be here. Oh, my God. We're so excited. Dude, when I saw you, Danny, and I was like, oh, we're doing Marvel. Uh, and you're like, Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, it's phenomenal. This is great. It's great. And you had like just watched it. You just watched it recently. Well, I've been taking my my uh, fiance through them. And so we've been doing the whole run. We've been doing the whole. And obviously listening to this podcast in tandem. You've been educating her. I've been trying to get her, yeah, because it's like people... Are you guys going in order through get it, Getting her up to snuff. <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where are you at now? Okay, but with her. We're at... I've already watched everything. We are up to Captain Marvel, which means we're one away Dang. from Endgame. You're just... You're like right ahead of us. Do you think you're going to try to get, get all of them done to go see Shang-Chi in theaters? Yes. I will go see... I'm... The, I don't wait. For those, I, I, I don't. So you saw Black Black Widow already? I did not see Black Widow yet. Oh, because you hate women. Well, no, well, <laughs> but you know, no, I like, I watch them all when it come. I'll come I, I, she didn't want us to watch Black Widow. I feel like that never. She told us not to watch it. Who's she? Scarlett Johansson. Oh, because they screwed her out of money or whatever. It's a weird way to find out he's a misogynist. Women or Scarlett Johansson? I actually care so much about women, Nicole that I listened to women, and she said, don't watch the movie. On behalf of all women, here's Scarlett Johansson. I, th- I feel like they can, I feel like they can be, there's some carryover. All right, Danny, I'm going to tell you, you can't watch Shen-Chi. She. You don't even know how to say it? How are you hosting this? Because they didn't cast me in it, Danny. Don't support. Did you audition? Yes. Scarlett Johansson probably did. I did not audition for it at all. But if I did. Um, I, anytime I audition for anything Marvel or Star Wars, I lose my mind. And then I. Wait, any roles? Are you allowed to say what you've auditioned for? Are there any roles that we would know thus far? In oh, the I've auditioned for a couple. And every single time I'm like, this is the ultimate dream. Then it doesn't I know, happen. but any cool little fun characters? No, nothing that's important. By the way, I want to write. I'm trying to think if there's one that I'm like, ah. I want to write a Marvel character called Super Jew, by the way. And it's just this tough Jew. And then he's like, oh, no, the Santa Anas are rolling in. And then the fucking Santa Anas come. And he's like, no. I love that. I actually always think that's that's always a thing during um, every zombie, like during Walking Dead and stuff. I always was like, oh, nobody's got allergies. Nobody's got anything going on. That would be a problem still. That hasn't gone away. Oh, the, no, they die out. I mean, you, you sneeze, and then you trip, and then you get eaten. That's what mm-hmm. happens. And you're like... <laughs> Always. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, the whole thing is like, be quiet. Yeah. And you're... I mean, I am a very heavy breather at all times. I'm sure. Not only the allergies and the restricted airways, but the weight of the world pushing down on my shoulders. You have no idea what that does to your lung capacity. There's no one around to tell her to shut up. Nicole sleeps with a full pillow over her face, just hoping death will take her. I can't imagine. Do you snore? I don't know. I haven't. No one slept with me in a while. She's like, it's for the sunlight. And I'm like, this is 
I don't know what kind of fetish this is, but I'm concerned. There's no one around to tell me to. I have a problem. <laughs> you and I have a very similar death fetish, I think. Oh, God, get me out of here. Okay. You guys, so you guys are going through the whole thing. So you're getting to relive all of these cool things. Mm-hmm. You can't think of any really cool parts that you tried out for it that you've seen. The Adam Pally um, in, I want to say, I think it was Thor, where he's like, it's the one where there's a, a it was like a cable technician guy. And he's like, and he's like, it's Iron Man. It's Iron Man two or three. And he's like trying to, he like gets just, it's like three scenes. It was just pure comedy. And I was like, God, that's all I want. Wow. Iron Man three. I want it so bad. A couple of those, two or three, three. It's gotta be three, three. I'm gonna have to go back and watch and go, man, man, he's so much more talented. He's like, now Adam Pally's so talented. I hate it. Adam Pally's really talented. I would watch it and be like, you know what? Danny could have knocked this out of the park too, but you want to know who else knocked it out of the park? Adam Pally. But now he's yeah. You know our next episode, which we're not going to get into, is uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. And there's a lot of little comedic cameos in that one too. Hannibal and uh, Tom Glover. Anyway, there are a lot of comedic cameos. They've really started embracing Asavali's and everything Marvel now and Star Wars. Oh, I love it. I know. He's the best. He's the best kid. He's uh, Brown Steve Buscemi. Brown oh. Buscemi. He's he's he is. Yeah, he really is. And he makes a cameo in everything. He's everywhere. He's the Waldo of the comedy of comedy. <laughs> he cannot he cannot stop being cast like he has to actively try to not be working on a set because I feel like every single time he is off a set, somebody's like, come on, this next one. He cannot stop working. It's so impressive. Because He's talented and adorable. Why? Why do you think that is? He's a, just a great actor. He's a really great actor who's yeah, built a really good like reputation. With him. He's a great actor. Really great improviser. He's just easy to be around. Man, he's so good. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Let me ask you this, Danny. Yeah. When did you get into Marvel? Were you like a comic book guy or just when the movies started coming out? Like a casual comic booker? I was like a comic book, like, eh, amount. Like, I, yeah, I was casual. I was always casual. My nerds, my nerddom was more around, like, sports and pro wrestling and then, um, a little bit into like I'm so happy you separated the two by the way pro wrestling <laughs> is not a sport it is a entertainment and then it's an art it's an art form and then on top of that I was very into like Magic the Gathering <laughs> and Warhammer so that was like all my nerd fullness and so Marvel was just like a thing I kept an eye on and then but pretty I remember seeing Iron Man and being like oh this for sure yeah this is oh yeah I mean they were, they, they've nailed it every single time Oh, dude, I'll never forget the first time I saw Iron Man. I was like, oh, this is superhero-dumb at its Okay, best. Li- little Danny. Little, you know, booger picking. You probably didn't pick your boogers. Like, elementary school Danny. Yeah. Do you have some sort of uh, alliance or, like, favorite superhero? Batman. So, Batman was my big one. Batman was my absolute favorite. Batman, I wrote my college essay about Batman. Um, you wrote your... I'm sorry elaborate and you, okay just so everyone knows danny went to nyu so yes tell me about your college essay. yes That's- i went to nyu my college essay was about how it was basically me being like i have no connections to this business and i have like no special i know how this business works and i know that you're supposed to have a connection you're supposed to have something and i don't have anything like that which is true i have no special abilities i'm not particularly good looking i'm not particularly a great singer it was me being like I'm not special in any way, 
but that's what makes Batman the best superhero because he's not special. He just works hard. And I'm going to work so hard until it was all about like hard work and dedication. You were like, I will be the Batman of the Tish arts program. Basically. And then I got to Tish and I was like, oh, Batman was a billionaire. And that does help. Uh, and that part I didn't factor. In. <laughs> I, I didn't realize quite how hard it would be. But that, but I. Oh, you can just buy your way into things. Yeah. It turns out it turns out he wasn't quite just a dude. It does appear as if he did have some help. Um, but literally, yeah, like, Alfred. Yes, literally. <laughs> Who needs nepotism when your bank account has multiple, multiple, multiple commas? Now, Ant-Man, Ant-Man was just a dude. But then he gets a special suit. The second you're in a special suit, you're no longer just a dude. Batman's just in a, he's just fighting. I mean, it's like a kind of special suit. It's kind of, but he built it himself. He built it, like he cobbled it together. Like, I like that. Oh, yeah. With his own hands, Batman, a billionaire, cobbled a suit. Oh, he cobbled? With my own hands, I paid In the Batcave, the the vast Batcave that exists under his billion dollar mansion. As I said, upon writing the essay, I have learned since. But at the time, it was very But what's important (laughs) is that NYU's uh, admissions department, when they read it, they were like, listen to this Jew kid. He's the next Batman. Come on. I I very much did potentially get into NYU because of my Jewishness, because I auditioned and the lady, I sang Fiddler and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Those were my two songs. Go, 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 Joseph, you know what they say. Hang on now, Joseph, you'll make it someday. Fa la la, Joseph. And so I like did, I did those. Maybe you just had a great audition, Danny. Have some confidence for God's sake. Maybe you're born to be a fiddler on the roof. Our producer is behind the scenes coming in his pants. Oh, well, buddy, I'll talk to you about musicals all day. Uh, Because I was also into musicals, put that in my nerddom. But um, and so afterwards, she was like, are you Jewish? And I was like, yeah, and she got she was very I just remember the lady audition for got very excited by me being Jewish. And we like really connected. And and then I eventually because you can at a certain point see how you got in. And it was like completely my audition that got me in. I was she like very nicely gave me basically the highest score you can give somebody. And it saved my life. Question. Um. When you are going through this whole process, when you were going through this whole process, were there other schools you were looking at or was your heart really set on NYU? What was your backup? What were your backups? It was okay. I think it was good. I think it was good. But I do think I do remember being there and they were like, they would, it like opened our, cause it was like a bunch of kids in a room and their parents and it's real tense. And the lady came in, she was like, you guys are all so talented. You have to be asked to audition, I believe. She's like, she was like, you're also talented, blah, blah, blah. She was like, I know somebody here. Is it like Rick? Like you produced your own play. And some guy, some kid was like me. And then somebody else was like, like they had a bunch and like somebody else here, like they all had things. They all had things. And then, and then on top of that, she was like, and so just, um, so write down on this sheet, just the uh, monologues and music and uh, songs you're going to do. And uh, who wrote the, the play. And I remember being like, I have no clue. I have zero clue who wrote this stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were like desperately trying to figure it out. And I went in. Uh, yeah. So I remember being like, well, I'm under, I, I thought I was super prepared. And I did have my monologues and songs down pat, but I uh, did not. Question. Yes. Um, when you are going through this whole process, when you were going through this whole process, 
Were there other schools you were looking at or was your heart really set on NYU? What was your backup? No, I, did, I, I fully anticipated not getting in. So I got into uh, Pitt is like an early um, admission situation. Are you from Pennsylvania? No, I'm from Virginia. Are you sitting Shiva for Omar, Omar right now? <sighs> I'm genuinely very upset about it. And I, uh, he was very nice to me once at a party. And uh, I have a, it was a very, very, very cool guy. Um, but what I was going to say was he, um, I got into Pitt early admission. And I remember I knew I was going to do comedy. Where, so I was just trying to get out of Virginia to a city I could do comedy. And I remember being like, oh, Pitt works. I was I was content with Pitt. So I so think like, that's like, good. That's OK. That's a city. I can do that. They have a comedy. I club. feel perfectly fine going to the University of Pitt. Like that's going to work out great for me. And then and so then I was like, I'm going to do NYU early decision. Yeah. And then I had like an audition at Juilliard who had never gone in and then an audition at Carnegie Mellon. Did you do those auditions or once you got NYU, you were like, fuck it. Once I got NYU, I never had to audition for them. So there's nowhere can I look up a lost tape of Danny Jollis' Juilliard audition. You do it in the room. You do it in the room. These are all in the room auditions. Let me ask you this. When you're waiting to go in for NYU auditions, are people vocal warm, doing vocal warm for dominance in the waiting room? I feel like that's the thing. Every time I go to a musical, or they're like singing their parts and they're like, yeah, we get it. We're all here. No, thank God. Everybody's been, yeah, they're, it's the worst. It's the worst waiting room. It's just a ton of, and you got the parent energy, which is oh a unique breed. Oh no. Oh, there's nothing worse. You got the unique, everybody, uh, these kids being like, ha, and also just like uh, so much of those like vocal warmups are putting on a production for others. It's not really necessary to do that. Like you got to warm up, but like, you don't need to be doing a production. So it's, yeah, it's a production. But people take it too far. They're like, <laughs> the guy's cartwheeling and he's like, just doing my vocal warmups. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have the parents like, <laughs> uh, like stage yeah, moms, the worst. Good. Like all that bullshit. And you just like, this is bad. Oh my God. And then my mom, and then my mom, who was actively like, please don't go to NYU. We don't want you to be a theater major. Please don't do this. <laughs> so I was like, quite the opposite situation. Well, the fact that your mom was even like giving you like the space to do the audition, my mom would never have let that happen. And for the record, I did double major. Uh, at NYU. So I have a, I got a degree in political science that was the condition for me going there as a theater major. Are you listening? Network television? Listen, we have gone on really long before we've even gotten to the movie and it's been really fun and I really love talking to you. We got to take a break. All right, we are back. We've learned Danny's entire life story. All of it. We know his, we know his blood type. You guys should have been here for it. Uh, uh, okay, wait. First of all, a couple things. Before we dive into the actual movie, backtracking only a little bit, I want to know who your favorite Batman is. Um, I do think Keaton was really great and different. I like a different Batman. So I, I, like, I find out, like, Affleck to me was the worst because he just did exactly what you think Batman is, which is why I also think Christian Bale is like, for, in my opinion, very much in the conversation because he did something with it. And he made a very, he made a couple of very strong choices. This is like very actory of me, but I like choices. And I think Batman can seem like I'm big. I'm supposed to be big. I look big and I'm fight people. And like he, Christian Bale made choices. Keaton made choices. 
right or wrong? Clooney. Clooney was hot, and that's why he was there. Clooney. Yeah, see, Clooney, and I love Clooney, but he was just a hot Batman. Like, you know, he just, like, did Batman. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is a unique one. Val Kilmer is a unique one. I haven't watched that documentary yet. I hear it's great. Oh, it's incredible. Um, yeah, Keaton's my favorite. Keaton's my number one. Keaton is just He's the best. Happy belated birthday. And we just saw him in uh Spider-Man, which is will be on our next episode. Spider-Man. Um, he's just a fucking incredible actor. To truly the greatest thing he has ever done ever until the day he dies will always be Bird. Oh Beetlejuice. It is great. Birdman's really great. What were you gonna say? I thought you were going Birdman because you were doing the B and I was like, Birdman is really great too. I was gonna say stand up comedy live at the comedy store in nineteen seventy. Nine, I don't know. Uh, his name's on the wall. It's amazing. He has a light. It's crazy. Uh, I love him. I mean, the fact that he was a superhero and then a supervillain later in life, well, in major franchises, crossed franchises. True. <laughs> and both and both times did a really good job. And like, again, I think it could, and that's why I think the first Iron Man slash all these movies, Marvel movies were so special is because seeing the first Iron Man and being like, oh, if you put a little bit of art into these movies and and these stories and make choices they become incredible yeah and even seeing all of these actors bring their characters to life was like that's one of the things that val said in his documentary about like you know if if it's if what you need isn't there on the page you got to make it Mm -hmm. and it's like when you when you have something great on the page and you have a great performance as well and you have something where you can add to it um that's when magic is made. Uh-huh. And I remember the first Guardians of the Galaxy because the first Guardians of the Galaxy kind of broke the seal on can we do Marvel and be like almost be more of a comedy than anything else. Yeah, they really that was the first one they got really funny. With. Real silly willy. Not only was it great, it, I feel like they were like, oh, oh, we should have been And it was like, oh, wow, it's great. This works so well. Yeah, yeah. that's the formula. Yeah, they were like, oh, the Thors we've done have been a mess. Yeah, they, they've been an abomination. <laughs> yeah, it got so much more fun once they were like, let's make it funny. And then the next Thor was pure comedy and it was amazing. Oh, Ragnarok. We're watching that next. Oh, oh, oh my God, it's so good. So what about Guardians of the Galaxy specifically and maybe even two, but just the whole, the whole gang? What about it speaks to you? So in general, it's again, like comedically, we did. We made such great comedic choices. We have five funny characters who are very fun together, and then it's just well-told story. It's just it's beautifully told. The first one is beautifully told, and then the second one they did a really good job of taking. I love that. what was a very what was the emotional core of the first one, zooming in on it, and then making everything else funny around it, but really finding this like emotional core and the music included elements of of humor too oh and for like sure. the the music really like added to how fun and silly it was yes and just the existence of the tape the 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 mixtape mm-hmm. oh yeah i was gonna say the scene where he crushes the mixtape really felt like it hurt in this in the second one it really like hits you of like the music and then when he gets the zune where he's like how many songs are on this and I'm like, oh, oh my god, man. that was so funny. I was like, too bad they don't do a Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, they will. I'm. They will eventually. I'm auditioning for it. Did you audition for that yet? You can't say. Ah, uh, parts are around. So anyway, okay, so it kicks off, and now it's like 
they're a, officially known as the Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which we saw at the end of them. They're like, call us the Guardians of the Galaxy. That very like, oh yeah, this is a movie moment. But it wasn't just them naming themselves. It's actually something that took. That's how they're known. They're now a posse, a force to be reckoned with, a force to be reckoned with that they're the universe with which in with which in with why can't I speak English? I don't the the universe that they're in now are like, oh yeah, these guys are the guys. You gotta watch out for the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're a force. These are the guys. So like, is it the Milky Way Galaxy? Are they in the, our galaxy or are they in another galaxy? No, they're not in the Milky Way Galaxy. They're a galaxy over. We're a thousand. It's, this is not our, this is not, I, I consider this not our universe even. Like Earth is somewhere in there, but like they're so far out there. He made it so far. Listen, I forgot. I can't remember the technically. They're doing things. jumps. There's they so the many galaxies. Thing. Oh, they leap. They right in their little ship. Mm-hmm. Great ship. We open. I love the credits. It opens on they're fighting a monster. It's very funny. Um, we see, you know, Groot just magically. Yeah, not baby Groot. Very tiny, teeny baby tiny yeah, baby Groot. He's just like around um i love it immediately comedy immediately comedy immediate action and also because i'll tell you the truth i saw this before i saw garden of the galaxy i had seen nothing and then someone's like do you want to go because i am a psychotic workaholic and someone's like we'll go see garden of the galaxy too and i was like sure immediately they didn't set up like the whole backstory of what happened but you immediately mm-hmm. understand who these people. That's one thing that's nice about about all of every single movie within the franchise is everything's a stand on its own. You don't know, don't necessarily need to know the past to enjoy it thoroughly. Like they like did such a good job of this is this person's personality. It's obviously way more fun if you know the past. Even more fun if you are like already into mm-hmm. the entire franchise and like nerd out because there's so many nuggets. When they're introducing new characters, where like at the time I didn't even know, like it's gotta be somebody, and but people, yeah, so great, so fully fucking amazing. But people who are like real nerds are watching it. Oh my fucking god! Look who it is! Oh my god! It's Captain America. I know. I never. I mean, I know Captain America, but I did not. I do not get a lot of those like references. I I'm the same way, and I love when they come back. You're like cool. I also will say I felt like they really um, between the first Guardians Galaxy to second Guardians Galaxy really nailed uh, Dave Bautista. Oh. They figured out what he does well, and they got him to such a better he place for this. He is movie. by far one of my favorite characters in anything. Just he nails that literal. He's like a space bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His literalness is the is what a choice and just nails it every single time. Perfect. It's perfectly done and it's great job of like do like seeing what somebody does well cuz he is a, he is a former pro wrestler. He is not a great actor, but they found what he does well and they were like right around what he does well and it works perfectly for that character. It's cast well. But that but it like works for that character. Almost. Yeah, it was very well cast. I feel like they wrote everything really well. It, it was like, I mean, it's so funny because it he does, even as the character, have like the vibe of what would be a pro wrestler if you're a wrestling fan. You could see that easily translating. Mm-hmm. Him being like too literal and like his jokes are too mean. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> like. He, there was like a moment, this is like post- 
maybe this movie coming out, but like recently he wrestled for like, they'll bring guys back for like a two month run. And he came back and he like, couldn't remember his line. So he was like asking for a match. It like sort of went viral. Cause everybody was like, what was this? But he was like, he was like, they're supposed to ask for the match. And then triple H supposed to be like, you got it. And like, he could, I guess there was some cue. He was supposed to give triple H and triple H wouldn't say his line. So he was like, he was like, I want it. And you got to do it. <laughs> give me what I want. Give me what I want. He just started yelling, give me what I want. And everybody was like, what is happening? And then <laughs> he didn't know what he was supposed to ask for. <laughs> and then later he like did some interview and he was like, I forgot what I was supposed to say. And I couldn't remember it. So I just started yelling, give me what I want. But he just started. <laughs> <laughs> so that is who he is. Uh, he is uh, just a big, uh, dumb guy. Big, strong, dumb. I love his um, relationship with um, the raccoon. Yeah. Rocket. The two of them relating to each other is just magical. What every woman is looking for. Yeah. Rocket's like a phenomenal character. One of the new characters we meet is that Aisha, the, all, the gold face. Oh, yeah. Well, because the, the monster they're fighting. In, in the opening scene, it, the, ba- the that monster stole some very precious batteries. And she's like, you need to... Uh, yeah, the interdimensional monster. Uh, oh, it's just some monster, but it stole these batteries, and they were like, "Okay, if you can get these batteries back, we're gonna we'll let you take this prisoner because they have uh, her sister, Gamora's sister. Names, Um, in, out, faces. We'll never forget names. Yeah, ends. These names, they're very tough. These these names in Marvel. That's where like I get into like that is like where the nerddom I do hit my cap is on the names. I'm just like same. Forget it. I mean, I can tell you who the who the actor that plays them is, if if at all that Nebula. Enough, too many. It happens in everything. People start to do it like the longer you go on, like we did Harry Potter, you couldn't remember anyone's name. But like, remember uh, the Game of Thrones? Ugh, I I used to yell so much. I was like, I have no clue who anybody is in half these scenes. By the way, that's like a number one rule in writing TV is don't. You're never supposed to, and that's all they would do. And it's never like, supposed to do it. But why did it do. work? Why did it work? They, show don't tell. And so much of Game of Thrones was like, listen, we've got to do a little bit of telling because this is, there's just too much to tell. And nobody, everybody, and Game of Thrones, I just feel like so much of Game of Thrones, and it used to drive me nuts, was people in a room or garden discussing other people who are not in the room constantly discussing other people who aren't present drove me nuts. Yes. I have a theory, which is they, the Sean Bean killing was brilliant. It created a real genuine sports moment for nerds where something happened when they killed Sean Bean early in game of Thrones. It was a sports moment for nerds. It was a live TV. Oh my God. Whoa. Moment. And when that happened, everybody was like, this show, anybody can die at any moment. We ha-, And it became this thing. And I think it became very much like sports by the end, where it was truly people just watching, being like, you got to watch, because you don't know who's going to die when. Do you remember the Red Wedding? I'll never forget the Red Wedding, because it was like literally the most, the, the most talked about thing I have ever experienced on television. And the writers being like, who can we kill next? And they just were killing anybody. They kill anyone in that show, which was great. And it made, but I did think it was a little bit of like people who don't, because uh, uh, 
people who don't watch sports, you're not used to watching live TV and something crazy happening that the whole internet's going to be talking about the exact same time. I just wish I could see George R. R. Martin's face watching me come down. I just feel like he's like, I have much time developing a world. I'm so sorry, George. I don't know what you're like, but probably you're not listening. It's uh, mentioned anywhere. I mean, it's a podcast. It was a great podcast, George. We all watched it. Um, I'm, I'm schizophrenic. Okay. So Nebula was trying to steal the batteries. She fucked up. They got, they got her ass. And so if they're going to release her, how apparently these batteries are very important because everyone keeps trying to steal them. So they return the batteries to Aisha and these gold people. So they like, they're like, thank you. Have a nice day and leave with their prisoner. And like, and then all of a sudden the sovereign force surrounds them full tilt by the way the sovereign force not fighting in their spaceships they're all drones pussies although we're not supposed to say that anymore because pussies are strong but pussies in the old sense of the word pussies before we knew how strong pussies were okay i think we're saying some aggressive things i don't think we balls out there in the wind very weak you touch them they die. Sacks of nuts flying through the sky. So the drone sacks were flying. They're fighting them. And then they're about to fucking lose. They're about to get their asshole handed to them. Yeah. And then- like it's about to be done for the Guardians. And then for some reason. Th- some mysterious force comes in. We don't know what it is. And blasts them all out of the fucking sky. And destroys all of the drones. And then the Guardians, in their pinto of a spaceship, have to crash on a nearby planet. Long story short, this is with the time when we meet Peter, Peter's real father, the father we had heard about, and his name is Ego. And I have no idea why they would name him Ego when I first hear the name Ego. I'm like, what are we doing? This better have a big fucking payoff. Because his name's Ego. You can't have a name Ego and not have a story to tell about Ego. But I was like, where is this going to go? I have no fucking idea. I'm trying to remember. Did he immediately introduce himself as like Peter's father? Or did we find that out? Okay, yeah, he did. Um, we we had we watched this a few weeks ago. and But okay, so yeah. All of a sudden he's there. Fucking hot dude dad. <laughs> I mean... Kurt Douglas. Uh, yeah, no, I, it is a big, bold, bold move. Looking every fucking molecule of hotness possible in the world. I mean. Looking good. By the way, can we just take a moment for that man's career? From overboard to overboard to overboard. I don't know the movie Overboard very well. I Me mean, neither. I was like, at first I thought you were talking about a movie overboard and then you just kept saying overboard and i was like do you just mean like his career has gone overboard he's got <laughs> yeah, a- yeah and i was like i feel like he's had a great career i don't think we need to feel bad for him at all have i i'll never get over the movie overboard he's done other stuff but i can vividly in my head remember him wearing that tank top and running his between his fingers and showing his pecs ah fuck it's so good Overboard. Is that the Adam Sandler comedy? No, it was it was with him and Goldie Hawn. She falls overboard on a boat. She falls overboard on a belt, a boat. Uh, she was married to this rich guy and has complete amnesia. And Kirk picks her up from a mental institution and pretends yeah. to be her husband. <laughs> it's also a t- a touch of a touch of the rapey sexual assaulty. 
Oh, so it's kind of like an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, they and then they and then they remade it. No, no, no. The version from the eighties was Kurt Russell. Nineteen eighty seven version, which is apparently a very good movie. The two twenty eighteen version starred Eugenio Derbez and Anna Ferris. Yeah. And for the record, what Gene is saying is correct. Escape from New York and L.A. are absolute dynamite. Gene in the chat. By the way, if you want to be in our chat, we didn't mention it. Patreon.com slash two puppy nerds. Come be a patron. Take a chat. Do a chat. Say a chat. Chat chat. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anywho. So Peter's daddy ego is like, hey, why don't you come hang out on my planet? But then there's they're they're trapped spaceship um uh needs to be fixed so rocket and groot remain behind yeah with nebula nebula they have nebula tr- as a, as the prisoner uh light she's prisoner light they don't they have her like in a common area like she's not a full prisoner like you wouldn't just keep a prisoner close by locked up why would you do that i think it's cuz they like gamora's like i got it which it's like do ya Classic. Yeah, I mean, they had to literally get her off this plan so she couldn't escape from the sovereign people. But she's got chains, but it's. It, I mean, she's famous for escaping. By the way, Aisha is pissed. But whatever. Uh we're gonna break. So we're breaking with them. Crash landing. All right, we're back. We're going to steer this ship into movie breakdown. We're going to talk about the actual fucking timeline here. Nicole. Okay, so Ayesha, at this point, still pissed off about the batteries, hits up Yonadu. Yondu. Yondu. Sorry, I'm. don't get so mad at me. Yonadu. We do not have time for you to get so mad at me. You we don't have time later. for you to go Yonadu. You're going to kill me later. No. Yondu and his crew, because they're, uh, you know, ravagers, blah, blah, blah. They're like, can you go find him? Um, uh, we're, we're bringing you back out of exile. They got in trouble for some shit. It's neither here nor there. But Yondu, Yondu doesn't want to. Uh, Yondu doesn't want to turn over Peter because, you know, he's known Peter since he was a wee lad. And I also just think it's important to mention the very important Sylvester Stallone cameo at this point. Oh, yeah. By the way, what a small cameo. That's how great this movie is that Sylvester Stallone was like, yeah, I'll do a little. And it's such an aggressive choice for it to be Sylvester Stallone because it is like you're in the movie and then you're like, Sylvester Stallone's here. I mean. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's wild. Yeah. You'll never be one of us. You're not ever going to be. You're like, okay. Yeah. You're like, this isn't. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I'm still invested in this area that we are yeah you're like that's rocky what's happening it's the most alone thing you've ever seen it's like you're not one of us Eh." yeah right (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile we're all at home like do we need to turn on subtitles for the rest of this movie is this gonna be a quick scene or are we doing full rocky he is we're gonna need subtitles yeah yeah yeah. by the way i had the subtitles on because i was like i watch all movies with subtitles but when he came on i was like oh thank god the subtitles are on because there's no way i was gonna i know you're like is he gonna be here the whole time yes where he's like uh the next next up is uh this guy craglin who is yandu's assistant who basically overthrows him in the ravager group uh and they kind of like all take over 
and um uh Yandu's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, their whole thing gets overthrown by a guy named Taserface. Well, I mean the whole thing they that was one of my favorite, it was like such a little thing of like him taking it over and like he gets appointed leader and he's like, I'm Taserface and Rocket, who's already you know, kidnapped on the ship. Who keeps wanting ah, to bring up the fact like, that his name Fuck is Taser. You, your name's Taserface. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Now here's this. Here's a part that was kind of sad for me. So once they take over, once uh um Taserface takes over, um he puts imprisons Rocket and Yondu. But then any of the other Ravagers who were sympathizers to Yondu, he starts releasing them into space, so they'll just die. That was fucking dark At the time it was like well it's a good aggressive death it's aggressive but for some reason he didn't like that one guy but you don't die yet you're one of the actors we like <laughs> i know you're like you need more screen time meanwhile uh nebula is escaping the ship to kill Gamora. she's like fuck off i'm gonna kill her um that's such a funny like sibling rivalry, but like, oh, you were our father's favorite, so I'm gonna kill. It's, it's very Thor Loki in a way that we're doing almost kind of telling the same story. It's also a very Shakespearean, and that's and that's the original Marvel. Many people say Shakespeare. They're like Hamlet, Iron Man, who's who, King Lear, man, really fucking yeah. set it all up. I consider that the first movie, technically. And then Iron Man. And then Howard the Duck. Anywho, I'm at this point when I'm watching all of this, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Daddy Ego? Is Daddy Ego a new character? Is he good? Is he bad? Where's this going to go? What were you thinking at this point? Because I know you weren't just like, it could be anything. I know you were making up the whole theory. He had to have been bad because you don't introduce a character like that, uh, that major uh, to be the good guy. Tell that to Yondu. Yondo's Yondo, Yondo, yo, yo mama, uh, is uh, he's both good and bad, and you know that's a that's a character that you both love and hate, and that's always a fun character. Anywho, so back on the planet where Ego is, which is Ego, very confused. Ego has his own planet. Sounds like a thing Ego would do. So he's a godlike celestial, very Scientology. So L. Ron Hubbard. Father to Peter. Um, uh, he's human, even though he's not human. But he is the planet. It's very strange. So he basically, he's able to manipulate the consciousness around him to create things like this whole planet. Like, he makes things look the way he wants to look. Uh, he, he figures out, you know, how to look the way that people are going to want to approach him. Very creepy, very sci-fi. Uh, and he tells, uh, you know, Peter that Earth, like, he just basically has created these various hot guy personas, depending on what planet he was on, to try to fuck women, get them pregnant, and spread his seed. Which the majority of men would do if they could. If you took away any sort of child care or any sort of caring about these children, then, yeah, I think all guys would, would do that. I think that's true. I mean, biologically, Danny is not... Bound, he is bound to not. What, what would you say? No, tell me what you say. The 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 instinct to spread your seed, I think, is very. Uh, yeah, that like male lizard brain of like spread seed, populate the earth, perpetuate your uh, DNA. Like That's food, like an alpha male, basic male thought. 
that then yeah our listeners have spread their seed into so many socks all over their I've never understood that not in socks it's insane to turn over to lose socks like that this has always been an issue with me every time i see it in a movie takes me out of the movie i don't understand who started the rumor i know very few guys who actually are willing to just consistently ruin their socks just to like it's it's so unnecessary and that's the end of that let me ask you this if you had to gather and not that i i'm not going to presume that men sit around having this discussion although i'm sure it comes up probably in high school do you think there's more men spreading their seed and why are we coming into uh cloths no men no on disgusting no you no you just you bring something else to to to, to come on but, but Are men do- okay the average man if you had to guess he's you know doing his thing so you can come into an old bar mitzvah teacher teacher T-shirt. Don't come into your bar mitzvah teacher. No, because we wear that also. Don't come on any clothing item. There's a thousand things we have in our society that are meant to clean things up. Use one of those. This is a movie trope. Do you lay out a tarp of toilet paper? Do you lay out a tarp tarp of tissue paper, toilet paper? Or do you skeet, skeet? Very simple, simple piece of anything that isn't an actual item you wear on a regular basis. I don't mean a tarp tarp. I mean just like some layers of surface. Or do you come onto something else and then clean it up with a towel? You lay there really sad and lazily, come onto your own belly button and go, oh, it's in the belly button. You said you said it's dudes coming in socks that really pull you out of the movie. Sylvester Stallone and socks. Um, I recently realized what pulls me the most out of movies is when they wake up in the morning and they just pick up their phone and it hasn't been charging all night. I lose it. I lose it. I lose it. Nobody charges phones in movie. Recently on the TV show, Dave, I saw him roll over and take his phone off the charger. And I was like, finally, they probably thought about that for hours. Listen, we got to stay on task. We are really going all over the place. So they're they're on Ego, which is the planet. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, we missed the part of um, uh, Batista's character ends up chumming it up with this girl who's been Ego's, you know, like basically slate. And he keeps telling her she's really ugly. Batista is crushing homers this entire movie. Every scene. That was my favorite bit. Where like there's this very cute little sweet Asian mantis thing lady person. And he's like, oh my God, you're so ugly. And then he talks about his like big, thick wife. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I couldn't imagine being with you. All I can think about is my gargantuan, ugly hag wife. Yes, great bit. Just boom, boom, boom. Um, that's going on. And for some reason, this empathy woman is really into it. Oh, I like how, too, she tells them what she can do is she's like an, an empath and she touches you and she, she can feel your feelings and she tries to do it to Gamora and she's like, don't. All right, so <clears throat> um, Gamora and uh, Nebula show up and they learn of the plan, as does Rocket and Yondu. And Gro- when Nebula shows up and tries to kill Gamora, they end up in a cavern filled with skulls and they're like, what in the fuck is happening? So now people are suspicious. That's our moment where we say, Hey, this is not good. There had been a moment where, uh, at this point, where I think Mantis was like about to tell Drax something because she's bonding with him, but she's like, never mind. Uh, someone came in and interrupted, and she's like, uh. uh. So in tandem, they discover that Ego's going on and on about like I did. I discovered the I went around the world, blah blah blah, and I I tried to you know 
he created all these seedlings basically because he needs another person with his DNA. He needs more energy. Basically, he realizes he realizes that uh, Peter's different than all his other. Yeah. Seeds. Um, he, he and he realizes celestials that, yeah. to activate the energy. Yeah. And he realizes Peter's the only one who's strong enough to do it with him. He's the only one that became a celestial. Like apparently, a lot of his seed not passing on the god gene. Bad seed got it's, weak dick seed. It's weird that the god gene is recessive. That it's like no, it will be dominated by regular guy gene immediately. So we also learn that ego gave Peter's mom cancer. He admits so that, that. cancer. So that she dies, so that she wouldn't get in the way of like Peter's thing, and that's because like Peter's kind of like getting on board with him. Like, okay, like I see where this is going a little bit, and then he's always wanted a dad. Now he's got his dad. He's just, again, and now fucking it's on like Donkey Kong. You can't kill Mama with no cancer. Oh yeah, he's like, how dare you, sir? Oh, as soon as he says that, it's just like dicks are about to be swinging. Dicks swinging, clits swinging, you know, mantis ears swinging. And by the way, we discover at some point within that time frame that all those skulls are his dead kids and he's like no you can't do it next and that's why yondu actually held on to peter is because i guess he had like a weird fondness for him yondu knew he was gonna make fucking mincemeat out of this kid but the, he had a real hot nut for this kid yeah. yondu does a real baby face turn and becomes a hero yeah like oh what yondu's a good guy so peter is like what the fuck Absolutely not. Obviously, he's not as strong as Ego with all this shit. And it's like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen here. So Peter's like, fuck you. I'm not helping you. And then everyone shows up and uh, Gamora and fucking Nebula. They're like, hey, uh, this place is fucked. This is what's going on. And they're all like, we've got to stop it. So they're basically trying to get to the core of the planet, which is Ego's brain. Where they have to put a bomb they're having Groot put the bomb made in. with the stolen batteries from the Sovereign, uh, and it's this whole like we got to distract his person being. Well, so they're fighting with him and like being made look, to look like idiots, while while Groot in and Rocket are handling putting it onto Ego's brain. But and Rock and Rock, I love the I love Rocket explaining to him. He's like, so you press this button and not this button. Now show me. And then Groot keeps going to press the wrong button. And I'm like, wait, I don't understand why this is a bit, but it's fun. Great bit. It's a great, great bit. So he's like, listen, Groot, you have you can't make it destruct immediately. You have to hit the other one because you can't die down there. And I'm just like, no, Groot can't die again. He's too small to survive this time. It's so like Groot's so dumb. He's a tweed. Yeah, but as if like them trying to go after this celestial god isn't enough, the sovereign show up and they're like, we want our fucking batteries. What's going on? They're like in all their drones. And it's that's like a woman in the 90s who's like super pissed at her her boyfriend for taking the battery out of her vibrator and using it for the remote because the battery in the remote died. And then she gets what guy what what guy's doing that you didn't have batteries in the 90s and vibrators. You plugged them in. You mine launched mini. Mine was mine. I in the 90s. I had a I had a battery vibrator. I worked at a sex shop in college. You worked at a sex shop in college. I mean, I didn't go to college in the 90s, but. You know, close enough. The first vibrator I used was a plug-in, and I was like, "Ha!" I can't believe I because I do the act out of that in my in my my magic wand joke, but I never thought to do me moaning after it starts. Da 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 da. Where it goes, oh, that's funny. Well, it's too late. I'm not doing that 
bit anymore. Well, if I ever do an album, if I ever do an album, I'll do it. But no, why would you not do it? Anymore? Bring it back. We only do clean comedy now. Yeah, that's me. Clean comedy. I'm currently working on a whole bit about how I lose a dildo in my butt, and I've started bringing the actual dildo on stage. I only why? No, don't do that. We're in a pandemic. It's okay. I'm not passing COVID through my pussy. You definitely could. Listen, Asan Ahmad told me I should try it with the dildo, <laughs> and I was don't like, listen to Asan Ahmad. I will. I. I listened to him once. Son Ahmad wanted to see you holding a dildo on stage and he tricked you into doing it and he's probably jerking off to it for the rest of his life. Fool you. You fell for the oldest trick in the book. Love you, Hassan. You're not listening, but we love you. Um, okay, so it's the big fucking are they going to get away? They blow up the planet and just, of course, classic nick of time, they get away. Uh, there's this reconciliation of, uh, oh, you know who doesn't get away? Yandu, Yandu is Gondu, but he does a really cool thing where he there are two things he has left. One of them is the mask that will give him oxygen, and the other one is the rocket that will get you out of there. So Yandu puts the rocket on himself and puts the mask on on Peter and rockets them off the planet. He sacrifices himself, and it's a very sad moment. Uh, Gamora. Oh, and then he says, "He's your father, but I'm your daddy," which is. So creepy. Oh, uh, God. I, I'll be honest. My pussy high-fived itself. That was such a great line. Sexy. Rooker Rooker also deserves an absolute uh, standing ovation. Oh, uh, standing ovation. One, one of the best, one of the best characters. It, you know what is the reveal that he, he was saving um, Peter from his father that reveal was almost as satisfying as the reveal of Snape in Harry Potter. It was. Yeah, it, like it a, really oh, was like a lovely. This whole time he was a good guy. It's this whole time he moment. wasn't just a good guy. He was like a really good guy. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was like Mountain Dew Buddha. But tough. He's like a. He's like that. He's like a guy a down south, tough guy. But then you watch a video online of him of his like daughter asking him to like adopt him, and you watch those. Anyone watch those and cry a lot? Those are great videos. Wait, I I love masturbating my heart. Will you send me those videos? Um, I yeah love- yeah they're really good. Look up uh look up kids surprising their like stepdads with adoption papers. <laughs> you know, it's, I want to see one that someone's like, you want me to adopt you, and they're like, no, you've been served. No, mom's serving you with a divorce. <laughs> they just like walk away. Um, Gamora and I believe made up, and like it's. So that's a good thing, but uh, I think there was this moment where a lot of us thought, oh, is Nebula like now part of the crew? But she's like, no, I got shit to do. I'm going to still go fucking kill Thanos. She doesn't give a fuck. This was great. It ended with, they do a funeral for Yondu, but because he did like such this nice, amazing thing and turned out to be not a bad guy, Ugh. all of the Ravager Brotherhood show up and they give him the Ravager funeral. I'm almost crying talking about it. I sobbed watching it. Until, of course, Sylvester Stallone. And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Sylvester. It was so great. They like, didn't, did he give the whistly arrow to his sidekick? The redneck guy with the bad teeth? Oh, uh, when he got his mohawk back on and then his sword, like his little sword powered oh, yeah, up and then he fucked scene. everything that up was on the spaceship. Scene. That was a, that was a good fun scene. What do you do with that gift if you can't whistle? <sighs> I don't know. I this whole, That whole post credit scene was a mystery to me. The the one of Stacker Ogord. That was great. There's a lot of post credit scenes. There's one where uh, there's just like some dude who's like reassembling his team, which you assume is gonna be a good thing. I don't know. He's like, we gotta get the gang back together. Which I don't fucking know. I don't know. 
I like are I curious to see I kind of that's one that that's one of those moments that like the kid people who know are like whoa and oh they're like oh shit and I'm kind of like I can't wait to like I want to rewatch that right before I watch Guardians three at least if yeah. if I don't see them before but I probably do we'll see um Aisha creates something uh an, an interesting to like. So she's still, it's very classic villain, like, I'll get them once and for all, like that whole fucking vibe. Um, and then we see a scene of Peter walking in on adolescent-sized Groot. I assume his room's covered in socks. Which he's covered syrup of sap. sap. That's what that is. Oh, my God. I, I, I like to think of sap as a Canadian because he's got maple syrup. So I like to think of him as a, as a maple tree. If Groot's going to be a tree, you called be a Groot maple tree. sap, and that's why I was. I understood. I got it. And that's and that's just a great little tease for when you get to that point because it's like you got a new bit going like it's just a little of them being like in the next movie we got a better bit yeah in the next movie more bits better bits we got bits we're never gonna run out of bits final post credit scene we see the watchers uh, walk away from an informant and uh, no the favorite my favorite one was teenage Groot which is fun because now we see oh Groot's growing up what is he gonna be like the next time we see him yeah you're gonna get to see like teenage Groot being a little a little asshole. We're never going to run out of bits. Love it. It's bit city over here. A great, great, great movie. And just a movie filled with so many good bits that t- also tells a nice story. It's a lovely story. And I, my thing, and I think Nicole said this in the last one, but I, what I like about Guardians, up to this point at least, they really, they introduce, it's this whole separate universe. You know, Marvel, you're always like, who's going to pop in? Are we going to see people from the other movies? And this one, it's just kind of like its own thing. Anyway, speaking of bits, Danny, where can people see your bits? Like comedy bits. Not the bits that you would otherwise put in socks. I don't think you have an OnlyFans. I certainly don't. Um, uh, if you want to, uh, the, the, the number one thing I would ask is you go watch my special on YouTube called Six Parts. It is free. Mind-blowing. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. It is, uh, and I decided to put it out for free. So uh, watching that means the world to me. Uh, you can also follow me on all social media at Danny Jollis. TikTokers are taking her job. Really helps if you follow people. And then the final um, the final thing I will say, uh, and I say this on every podcast, is uh, stand-up comedy is like hockey. It is fun to watch on TV. It is better live. If you have not gone and seen live stand-up comedy recently, please go see it live. Don't worry about seeing me. Don't worry about seeing anybody specific. Just go to your local comedy club. Go enjoy stand-up comedy. You'll get addicted. It's the best thing on the planet. That's it. Yeah, if you think you've watched comedy on TV and thought that was really funny, whatever you saw was literally nothing compared to what I was like in the room. So if there's a club near you, if there's, like, look up comedy in your city. Sometimes there's weird little funky bars, maybe some cool outdoor shows. I agree with Danny. Go see it. You want to see us in Grand Rapids, Michigan? If it's not already September 16th or the 18th, come see us. And, uh, you know, subscribe to patreon.com slash two Philly nerds. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. By the way, that an- hockey analogy is absolutely perfect. It's perfect. Because hockey is one of the few sports I do enjoy watching on TV. Baseball, love seeing it live. On TV, I'll kill myself. Uh, we love you guys. We're going to go. We'll see you next time. This has been a Two Filthy Nerds production. <laughs>